0: 0 episode 27 starts right now. This might be the biggest episode of our podcast so far. Uh, we have a huge, huge day today. We're going to run through what we're going to run through in a second. I'm your host, Brandon Davis. Joined, Jenna Anderson is here. Hey, everybody. Aaron Perrine is in the virtual building. I have a strange need for an apple right now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you're Kang the Conqueror or Carlito, man. So listen, (laughs) now that's cool. So listen, we're going to talk full spoilers for Loki after we talk about some of the big MCU news of the week. And then after all that, we have a 30-minute deep dive with Black Widow writer Eric Paris. And Jenna and I talked with Eric. I promise you, this is an interview you're going to learn a lot of answers about Black Widow from, a lot about what went into the decisions for that movie. Um, Just questions lingering about what happens after the movie we touched on some of that uh and it's really a fun interview uh jenna was awesome in there with me and i think that you're gonna enjoy that i hope you guys uh have fun listening to that in the second half of the show we're gonna start with some mcu news So first of all aaron aaron and i have never met in person right like we we have we we do this podcast together we've worked together for a very long time now We've never met in person, but right now I'm in LA. I just have to share this story with everybody because it, it's it's so unbelievable. I came out to LA to see Snake Eyes on Monday and to see the Suicide Squad later today. I don't know, but I said it. So it just so happened that after seeing Snake Eyes, one of my friends who works at Warner Brothers was like, Hey, do you want to see Space Jam? So I was like, I got nothing to do tonight. Of course I want to see Space Jam. It was pretty good, by the way. Great kids' movie. If you're expecting, like, a Christopher Nolan film, shut up. You're wrong. It's not that, like, it's a very simple, goofy, fun kids movie. LeBron makes fun of himself, and I love that. Uh, but, uh, but I open my Twitter notifications, and I see Jenna tagging me. And she's like, Aaron is there. And I click on Aaron's Twitter. This man dunking on the basketball court outside of Staples Center for
1: Space Jam. Aaron, we didn't even run into each other at the Space Jam premiere. I get out of my screening and I check my phone because I had been tweeting nonstop, y'all. If y'all follow me on Twitter at Lake Hornet, I had done all the stuff. I doing the pre-party. <laughs> going, going to this screening. Yeah, Brandon was there. And I don't understand how we didn't see each other. Brand was outside what I where I was, maybe probably what, 40, 50 feet away from me the entire time. <laughs> didn't even see him. Didn't
0: even see him. Uh, uh- T- I saw LeBron. I saw War Machine. I G Easy thought I worked there. He was like, "Hey man, can I get in here?" I was like, "Bro, I don't work here with the like what? chill, you, you bro. Like if I shave my beard, I look better than you. What?" So he's I don't. I, I saw everybody but Aaron. I swear.
1: Um, I I was walking into the 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 screening with G Easy. And I still don't see Brandon. What is this? Young
0: Joe. We were too enamored by all the celebrities around us, seeing Chris Bosh wearing the Kobe jersey and stuff.
1: I saw John uh, Legend, too, hanging out. Him. I didn't see John Legend. John what? Legend was outside in a turquoise suit. Ohio Dang. stand up. I was so excited. It was a good wow. I love y'all
2: like flaunting your passes and bragging about all the people you saw. I'm like, the most exciting thing I did recently was like go to the mall. So I'm just like, so jealous of you both. Listen,
0: first of all, thanks to Warner Brothers for having us. Uh, I I was not planning. That was not part of my plans on this trip out here. I had two movies I was going to see and it just so happened uh, that somebody canceled and they had an extra ticket. So they were like, hey, you can take these seats. And I got to go and I did not get to meet Aaron yet. So Aaron, one of these days, one of these days, of these days, days we'll get run together. To each other. Man. But uh, listen, we're, we're here for Marvel. I know you're here for Marvel on phase zero. Um, you want to talk more about Space Jam. You, we can do that on Twitter <laughs> or on the site. Uh, first of all, Marvel news, before we get to the Loki spoilers, Emmy nomination, domination. I mean, like, wow, uh, a lot of nominations with not a lot of Oscar love for Marvel, but the <laughs> Emmys. They're like, welcome, welcome to our award show. WandaVision got 23 Emmy nominations in itself. And I'm going to run through all of them really quickly here as fast as I can. Jenna, what do you think about this?
2: <laughs> just maybe cut out all the outstandings because otherwise you're just going to like probably trip in. <laughs> That's
0: actually a really good idea. There's 23 <laughs> outstandings here and I'm going to kill those. Okay, I'm going to preface this with every one of these categories starts with outstanding. <laughs> Limited series. Lead actress in a limited or anthology series or movie. Lead actor in a limited or anthology series or movie. Supporting actress in a limited anthology. ...or anthology series or movie. Original music and lyrics. Production design for a narrative program. Casting for a limited or anthology series or movie. Fantasy slash sci-fi costumes. Directing for a limited or anthology series or movie. Single camera picture editing for a limited or anthology series or movie. Period and or character hairstyling. Main title design. Period and or character makeup. Music composition for a limited or anthology series movie or something. Uh, Original main title theme sequence, music supervision, sound editing for a limited or anthology series movie or special, sound mixing for a limited or anthology series or movie, special visual effects in a season or a movie, writing for a limited or anthology series or movie. Wow, that's a lot of awards. (laughs)
2: Also, like, the writing category, they are half the category. Like, three different episodes yeah. are nominated. That, in and of itself, feels insane. And then when you just add everything else on top of it, it's just like, oh, my gosh.
0: Yeah. I mean, Marvel's going to come home with some gold, I think, from that. And I'm just happy for Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany and Katherine Hahn specifically. But, I mean, clearly these shows are more than just the actor who you who we get to see and celebrate there's a lot of people behind the scenes and it's not just mac Chapman who's been on the show the director it's not just jack schaefer the writer it's these costume designers it's the writers it's everything that, and they're all getting recognized and uh, i'm happy to see that um and that's crazy but the don Cheadle one <laughs> Like what happened there? Don Cheadle got nominated for outstanding guest actor in a drama series for the 14 seconds he was in Italian. Does this make any sense to you guys?
2: No. I think they just wanted Don Cheadle there. Like I think they just want him at the party.
0: That that does make sense. I'm gonna be honest with you. Uh even Don Cheadle didn't understand yeah. this. He tweeted uh, sorry haters, thank you well wishers And then like agreed with like That emoji where the arms are up, I don't know Like I agree with all of you uh, we, we're, we, And he's just like we keep moving forward Or whatever he said, something like that, I'm paraphrasing That's a weird nomination, but I'm happy for him uh, He
1: is the best part of Space Jam in my opinion, so <laughs> He is having Way too much fun in that movie Way too much fun, there's another part that is That got a huge rise, we can't talk about it I don't want to ruin oh. that for anybody Um, but yes, I don't know.
0: Huh? You talking about that, that, that one moment, uh, little cameo.
1: That cameo. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know if that was going to work or not. Um, and people in the comments are like, why are you guys still talking about this? Uh, I I'm happy for Don, but it was totally random. Like it was completely and utterly random. I like Jenna's theory. Maybe he's just fun at the party. Maybe that's why they want him there.
0: I'll tell you, he is fun at parties. I can tell you a funny story about Don Cheadle at a party. At the Avengers Infinity War premiere, I brought my mom and I turned my back on my mom for one second. And when I turned around, she was in Don Cheadle's ear. Just just I mean, like, I think she was grabbing him by the wrist and was just telling him all the things he's done. That she, and He was a, he was so nice to her. He was so friendly. And if I was him and this strange woman came up to me and was just <laughs> grabbing me by the wrist, and getting in my face and talking, I'd have been like, get your... <laughs> and off of me i don't know especially now but maybe in 2018 it was a little different but don a uh, very nice guy so i'm happy for him uh loki will reportedly appear in doctor strange and the multiverse of madness thr didn't waste any time they ran this report this morning i feel like they must have already known that and they were just sitting on it um and so that's i mean that that seems like a, we're gonna get into the loki discussion in just a minute is anybody surprised by that by this news right now
2: The way that they worded it in the article Was almost like do you definitively know Or are you just saying like fans hope that he's In Doctor Strange too?" which it's like yeah they've hoped That like since the movie was announced So Hmm. I'm kind of waiting for some sort of More official confirmation I feel like After today's Loki it is definitely a possibility But honestly I don't know It was just worded so weirdly like the way that they Put it.
1: The two projects We don't know who the full breadth of the roster of who's going to be in it Is going to be is Spider-Man and Freaking Doctor Strange. We have no clue And you could tell me any tertiary, you could be like Casey's in freaking Doctor Strange. (laughs) I believe you immediately, it's crazy. So. We
0: actually, we, we know even less about who's not in Spider-Man No Way Home. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's in that damn movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, those it's crazy. Those are the two movies that seem to be the, the biggest question marks. The best kept secrets, really. Well, not Spider-Man. Nothing's a secret Spider-Man. <laughs> but Doctor Strange, they have kept the secrets for Multiverse of Madness so well. I mean, like, not a single set photo. Nothing has come out from that movie. Did they even film it? Is that movie real?
2: <laughs> there was that like, one cornfield, like where it was like they're allegedly filming in a field somewhere. And I'm like, okay, we know nothing else outside of that.
0: Yeah. Uh, this is going to be an insight. Th- I have theories about Thor and stuff that we're going to save for the Loki discussion. Uh, but the last piece of Marvel news that we're going to get to is Kevin Feige was asked by Rotten Tomatoes about Venom and Spider-Man and, He gave the most Kevin Feige answer he gives. You know, he loves to give a a standard canned answer where he says a lot, but also says nothing. And he said something along the lines of it. I'm paraphrasing again because I don't have the quote right in front of me uh, that he doesn't want to talk about anything that's not official or not definitely happening right now. But in 20 years of working at Marvel, he's not going to rule anything out like he's not going to say it's impossible. So obviously it's happening. Mephisto confirmed. Right, right. I I'm I'm all I listen, I, I think it's gonna happen. I think you'll get Tom Hardy and Tom Holland in the same on the same set at some point if it hasn't already happened.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just feels like an inevitability at this point. Like, we've lived through too many years of just Kevin Feige acting weirdly when asked about this question. I still just love the one meme of like him just dying inside during the homecoming junket. So it's like, it feels like it's a thing that inevitably we were always going to get to. And it almost makes me more excited to see because Venom is so weird in and of itself. I'm like, how are you going to make this make sense with like little Tom Holland Spider Man doing his thing over in the other corner?
1: Yes, I, th- I feel like... Venom- yeah, go ahead, Aaron. There's just so much uncertainty around the whole thing, because after today, and yeah. everything's on the table now. We, yeah. We're here now. I, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know you could absolutely build a way for it to work.
0: It's also like that, like that last episode of Loki showed you what... Like the multiverse can do how we can have these kind of fun offshoot stories or like Mm -hmm. Easter eggs and like details that aren't going to be meaningful to the main MCU canon aside from the characters that experience them in these alternate worlds. You can have the Thanos copter, you can have Throg, you can have a yellow jacket helmet, none of them, or maybe, maybe none of them, maybe all of them, or maybe just a couple of them will have an actual meaning to the stories we're going to experience. And even when they have those meetings, they're only going to impact the characters who experience them in that universe. And if they come back to the main MCU timeline, it doesn't impact the canon overall. And that opens the door for so many insane possibilities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and going forward, whew, what a time, what a time. Yeah. Now we can finally release the Spider-Man trailer, right? Like yeah. Can, yeah. We can get that. Uh, yeah. So, Anyway, I do want to say, listen, I see that we have great, great viewership today. Thank you all for joining Phase Zero. If you're new to the show, we do this every Wednesday. Uh, you can subscribe to us on any major podcast platform. You can, you should follow the Twitch, uh, comicbook.com YouTube channel. Uh, and we will be doing this every Wednesday, even when there aren't new episodes. And I'm happy to announce right now, I am putting together, I don't have a date for this yet, but I'm putting together an episode that is going to involve some of you, our Phase Zero listeners and fans, the Marvel fans, Uh, And we're going to put together a trivia show against some of our celebrity guests who have been on the show. So you, we might have like Layla and Dottie against Cam Hayward and Johnny Gargano in some Marvel trivia. And I think that's going to be a really fun time. And I'm, I'm hoping we can, uh, get some of our listeners on the show. We could get a time where uh, it works for several of our previous guests to come on here live and do a trivia show. And we can send Kevin Foggy to make sure they're not cheating. We'll just get those Marvel (laughs) snipers in the room. Uh, But yeah, I think that's going to be a super fun thing and I'm really working hard to put that together and find a time to do it. And I'm hoping that next week we have Loki director Kate Heron on here. Uh, I'm definitely talking to Kate Heron this weekend. I'm hoping that we can get her live on the show. Uh, we're going to see if the schedule allows it, but if not, I'm hoping we can at least get like an extended interview like we have later today with Black Widow writer, Eric Harrison. So uh, please subscribe to the show. Follow us. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter so you can never miss it because we had, we have fun here and we love when you guys are a part of it. Uh, all right. Now we're going full spoilers for Loki, the moment you've all been waiting for. Loki season one, episode six finale. Of the conversation starts now. Richard, hit us with the spoiler tag.
2: There here it is go. at the bottom
0: of the screen. And uh, we're gonna get started, starting with reactions. Jenna, you're at the top of the screen. You got to. You got to. That's that's the policy. I'm so sorry. Uh, but it's no, first.
2: no. I I loved this episode. Like I I understand why people were probably like a little. Like all over the place in their reactions to it I think this is the first time Outside of like Infinity War Going into Endgame This is the first time That we've had a story That is in the MCU Not counting like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And the other TV shows Where it's genuinely Just like incomplete Like there's so much more That we can cover And so I understand people being like Well why doesn't this tie everything up As neatly as WandaVision And Falcon and Winter Soldier did But it didn't need to And what it did give I like leapt out of my chair Multiple times Like I was just so excited To see the big cameo That is in the episode. I felt so vindicated that he showed up. So I loved it. I thought it was just great.
1: Aaron, what'd you think? So I guess we we can stop with the, they're not gonna (laughs) debut any big parts of the MCU in these shows. I think they just broke their own rule. Like I think everything's on the table now. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like we supposed to meet up before we start the podcast for about 30 minutes. Jenna and BD and Charlie and some other people are trying to find me because I watched <laughs> the episode three times last night at 2 a.m. Um, oh my God. I just could not believe. I was sitting there. I'm like, wow! It really happened. It really because every time we posted a theory about it, God bless Adam Adam Barhart <laughs> writing these wild theories up about what was going to happen, people would be like, "This is just like Mephisto. There's no way he's going to show up." And now I look at you. Now I look
3: at you. I don't know how to act now. Like we
1: we go. We everything is on the table. Everything could be as insane. I thought what if was going to be the strangest thing we would get till Spider Man, and that's not even possibly true anymore I'm looking at Eternals and Shang-Chi like uh, anything could come through here now it, I don't know what we could see you know so it's just fun and it's probably the best ending of all of these shows so far which makes it jump up in the power rankings quite a bit
0: I fully agree with that. Uh, I just I just want to see a reaction video of Dr. Strange watching this episode the same <laughs> way we just saw Deadpool and Korg watching Free Guy this week, uh, which was an awesome video. I should have mentioned that at the top of the show, oh, that yeah. Deadpool and Korg uh, Free Guy promo. Genius marketing. Must be nice to own everything and be able to use some <laughs> of the biggest characters in the world to promote a totally unrelated movie. But uh, Dr. Strange must have been watching this like son of a uh, I gotta go deal with this now. Uh, I thought this episode was fantastic. For me, Loki is my favorite show of the three so far. Uh WandaVision is a close second. I just think Loki had the, the the most interesting premiere and finale. It the finale played like a TV show finale, whereas the other two played like a miniseries where they wrapped themselves up where we've been saying on this show for a while, they're gonna, there's going to be a season two, and then they made it official. Like they, Marvel Studios said it in that credits. So it felt to me like I was watching the first season of Lost come to an end. Like when you get into that hatch and the whole season built up to what's in the hatch, what's this island, and then it gives you the answer. They're getting into the hatch, and now we're like, well, ah, uh, I have answers to this. Now I, need, now I have more questions because of the answers. And I thought it was really fulfilling that the purpose of Loki seemed to be Loki learning to accept himself, which the way that it did, that was kind of like, I still think Loki and Sylvie's kind of weird, the like concept of falling in love with your physical self, like as an alternate self. But like, I understand the metaphor there, and I'm okay with it. Uh, but really, it was who's behind the TVA, and we found out. And it wasn't a Loki like I thought it was going to be because I was kind of trying to limit my expectations based on the fact that Doctor Strange and Mephisto didn't show up. And I don't know, Steve Rogers wasn't in Falcon and Winter Soldier and all that. But those two shows contained themselves to themselves in a really fitting way that wrapped up their story. And WandaVision especially had such an emotional character-driven conclusion, whereas Loki answered its biggest question, helped showed that Loki in this like weird metaphorical way fell in love with himself, you know, ex- accepted himself sylvie betrayed him in true loki form that's a loki move and kang the conqueror is introduced well or the immortus version of him it it was just great i loved it listen i I loved it i thought it was great it's my favorite of the of the shows so far i'm i'm sure some people in the comment section are telling me i'm stupid and wrong and wandavision is superior that's okay you can have that opinion uh i thought wandavision was great too but loki just happened to be my favorite um All right. So now we're going to run through this episode of the details. Actually first, before that, Aaron, what, what, how do you rank the three shows? Uh,
1: Right now? I think I'm probably going to go. I really, really like WandaVision a lot um, because I love old TV, but so I'm still going to give a nod to Loki because I think it fills the promise of these shows the most. Like, because after the first year, everybody's like, nothing's going to happen in these shows. These are just vehicles to give people new costumes. I remember reading that <laughs> somewhere and laughing very, very hard. God bless. Yes, Ian Grim, Aerospace engineers for everyone. Yes. Uh, and then WandaVision and then Falcon. And I love Sam. That's the. Wa- I'm so sad they did my boy like this where I was like, it was emotionally resident, but also not as much <laughs> stuff happened. It feels like the endings of the first of these, the middle two series, like kind of Bridge the gap better than the one in the middle. So we'll see. But yeah, I got Loki, WandaVision, and then Falconware Soldier. Jenna, what's your rank?
2: I would say my rankings about the same yeah it's like I adored WandaVision I always am going to like I think what it set up and what it showed the MCU was capable of was like really necessary and just great and but at the same time Loki has been the most creative just in terms of like just showcasing what the MCU can do of bringing in characters and elements and things that nobody was expecting and that nobody wasn't like nobody was prepared to fall in love with Mobius and the TVA and all of just these like disparate yes. comic elements and so it's just so cool that we have this show like I Know Kevin Feige was at the Black Widow premiere and he was like, It's so weird that people are cosplaying as the TVA and that that is just a thing that people want to do now. So it's, I love the show because of what it showed the MCU can do in terms of storytelling. This felt like a comic book. Like this felt like reading a random stretch of comics in the 70s and 80s. And like, I loved it so much for that.
0: I, yeah. It, it, Just delivered for me in every way. Um, So now we're going to start the breakdown. We're going to talk about the Easter eggs, the theories, the questions, the meanings. Uh, This is full spoilers for Loki if you're listening live. Uh, So first of all, the episode starts with the Marvel Studios logo like nothing we've ever seen before. Well, we've seen but haven't heard before. Uh, If you put the captions on, it'll do a really much better job of of helping you like... See who's talking, but you get lines from all sorts of characters like Korg, Tony, Black Widow, Carol, Strange, Steve, Natasha, T'Challa. Like, I mean, there's Peter Quill, lots of lines of dialogue that we heard. And I think this is really just to show us this is uh, our universe. Like, it's a reminder. It started with that Iron Man repulsor sound, which started this universe for us as the audience. And I think it's just like, this is our universe. It's not going to be only this universe going forward, but we want you to remember. This is how it played out because it's, it's about to be different. I, I dug that opening.
2: I did, too. I thought it was such a creative thing. And then, like, as it kept going, it injected, like, real-world people. Like, here's Malala and, like, Greta Thunberg and just all of these other, like, actual quotes from our reality. So it was such a weird way to start the episode, but I loved it. Like, I thought it was just a very odd, cool thing to do.
1: I feel like it had like a little Mandela effect, too, because I was mm-hmm. sitting there. I'm like, has the fanfare and this thing always <laughs> had stuff over? And I'm just stupid. <laughs> like, what happened? And then as it went, I'm like, no, this is special. And I'm like, oh, man, I'm guessing that this is to establish like, oh, we're we're not in Kansas anymore. Toto. like, you know.
0: <laughs> <That's> the... <laughs> <laughs> that song from uh, Avengers Endgame was in there mm-hmm. uh, There was a couple songs I think there was a couple songs from Guardians of the Galaxy Maybe, I'm not yeah. going to lie I was uh, I played that back And I was like am I going to hear a line from like an alternate Franchise oh, like, Am I going to hear Hugh Jackman or Tobey Maguire And I don't think they're in there mm-hmm. But uh, I think that's the point That this I is think in like
2: made. a week somebody's going to isolate all of the audio And have it all figured out <laughs>
0: Yeah, new rock stars will get that done for us and break down every single line and how it ties to Mephisto and the moon and the stars. And shout out to Eric Voss for doing the Lord's work. Uh, All right. Miss Minutes is a scheming little son of a gun. Scared me the most. I've been scared since Vision was dead in WandaVision. uh, Standing at the front door. That was terrifying. Tara Strong, you killed it as Miss Minutes. I hope we haven't heard the last of Miss Minutes. But uh, yeah,
2: five nights at Freddy's jump scare, yes, that was genuinely yeah. yes, I- <laughs>
0: hey, y'all, <I don't>, oh.
1: <laughs> didn't check the cameras, Jenna. <laughs> oh, damn, <laughs> oh man. Um,
0: <laughs> but that, that was Miss Minutes, is certainly do you think she's sentient, or do you think she's part of like a Doctor Who recorded DVD program thing? <laughs> <laughs> Where it's like, you know, she knows what's gonna be asked of her and she's programmed to respond accordingly. Like which
2: I feel like she's sentient. Cause like in the episode two, she was like, I'm a I'm a little bit of both. I'm a recording and I'm alive. So I think like Kang has the technology, especially with how far he is in the future. Like he has the ability to make a cartoon clock as like a sentient friend of his. Like that feels like something that the MCU could just very easily wave away if they really need to.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm
1: classic crazy guy alone on the moon behavior too to create your own <laughs> best friend so you're not up there just talking to yourself the entire time Yep, uh, yep. that was that was Kang's Wilson <laughs> 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 the, uh, so
0: Miss Minutes in- introduces him the man behind TVA and all that as he who remains he who remains in comics is the last director of the TVA uh, very much his own character completely separate from Kang the Conqueror but this feels like it's going to be an, like one of those times where we're combining, you know, characters as just like we're not going to get a he who remains story in the MCU. So why not just apply kind of the some elements of he who remains to Jonathan Majors is I, I think this was Immortus like this was like a version of Immortus that kind of probably either inherited the timelines or created the time twisters or, or like got this opportunity to oversee it in exchange for immortality. Or maybe, like, I don't know, it's some version of that, right? Like, is this, this
2: isn't... I I completely agree. Like, from the get-go, like, as soon as he showed up in in that costume, I was like, okay, I think we're dealing with mortise. I just don't think they wanted to put Jonathan Majors in old age makeup for the first time that we see him. So, like, and then later on in the episode, he says, I'm way older than I look. And so, in my mind, it's like, yeah, you're just stuck basically in your own version of Limbo. And that is, you're at the end of your journey, but there are so many other Kangs on the periphery that we're going to actually focus on going forward.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's also a thing of like being able to iron out some of the more like troublesome things for some viewers that might not pay as close attention as we probably do. Like <laughs> if you have to explain that Immortus and Kang and, you know, all the other variants are like the same, and Gamma Tut are all like the same dude if you can do that without giving them all those names but then they just see Jonathan Majors like oh that's the bad guy from Loki got it you know it's, it's a way to like shortcut all that
2: yeah and I love the fact that he never names himself like he just says like I go by a lot of different names and so it's like people like I, I told my boyfriend I was like imagine if they hadn't already announced that Majors was going to play Kang and we just got this episode exactly as is like I feel like the amount of speculation and the way that the fandom would have reacted would have been insane like oh, it already man. is insane but like just the little like, they call me a lot of names, including like a conqueror. Everyone just it? lost their minds. Like, exactly. it, it's just so crazy. Yeah.
0: Man, that, if it's just so hard because it, just before the show, I was talking to you, Jenna, about how I want to uh, announce a piece of news about a character <laughs> who's going to appear in another movie. I'm not going to do it today, but it's just like, I, I almost feel guilty about doing <laughs> stuff like that because it just kind of takes away some surprise. But mm. like, it's, 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 It's like if we didn't know that Jonathan Majors was going to be Kang in the MCU, this would have been just an insane moment where that door opens and you see him we would have all been like who's that who's that who's that?" Who's that? Who's that? Whoa, whoa 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 whoa! but when the door opened we were all like oh it's Kang <laughs> even though it's not like Kang and he doesn't name himself Kang or Mortis in this episode we know this is a version of Kang
2: Concord, which is then, like, super I love the fact that like because when when Majors was cast so early it's like okay Ant-Man 3 didn't even really have a release date or a writer at that point and we had we had Kang and so I'm like okay you have to be debuting him somewhere else otherwise there's no reason for you to have him exist in like exist in the MCU already so I loved knowing that information but then still feeling apprehensive of like here's all of these easter eggs for Kang like it still kept the surprise still there it would have been so much weirder if we knew nothing but I liked the amount that we did know.
1: Mm-hmm. a good pitcher doesn't just use the fastball all the time they got curve slider screwball all that stuff and they were they've been working the rotation hardcore this year because we all got pump faked into freaking uh Mephisto. and then everybody's like so none of these things are going to have if you see these easter eggs it's not necessarily confirmed they're going to be in there and now we're not going to know where to go we're not going to know what to do i i'm laughing because why did they announce Mahershala Ali so far ahead of Blade now? Am I going to have to pay attention to Jim Viscardi? I know you down there. <laughs> Is he going to pop up in Moon Knight? And we're yes. all going to fucking minds now? It can happen. It can happen. It, I mean, this show, Loki
0: named drop Vampires, and I- Tyrese was wrong. It ain't Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> so listen I, I that that is a very interesting point about Mahershala because but it's also I, I to just to play devil's advocate let me be Mephisto here for a second uh, they they announced uh Brie Larson as Captain Marvel really far ahead but I also feel like that was when Marvel had less of a a, I mean, they certainly had plans, but I feel like right now the plans are much tighter and more sprawling and further out. Whereas she was announced in what, like 2014? Was that early or 2015?
2: I think, yeah, it was like 2015 or 16. I feel like.
0: Yeah. It was like three yeah. or four years before she had, she was in her movie. Yeah. And so and Mahershala was announced in 2019. And if there were no delays, then it still would have been three or four years at least before a Blade movie. Mm-hmm. So it, it, maybe he's going to show up somewhere else. That would be pretty wild. In uh, Moon Knight, that would be a sick debut.
1: Imagine they if he just—they got us talking about it. It could yeah. happen. Like but now, I'm like, I would just accept. I'm walking in any of these. Like <laughs> they can just show up. Anyone Anything's just walk possible. Up. Stage right, yeah. and it'd be like, "Oh yeah, what's up, Anthony Mackie?" <laughs> <laughs> you know? I, I
2: was joking in our Slack earlier. I'm like, the 1990s Fantastic Four movie could be canon now. Like the Arrested <laughs> Development <laughs> <Yes>. Fantastic <laughs> Four like know. musical could be canon now. Anything <laughs> is possible in the multiverse. Oh, Jennifer
0: oh. Garner's Electra is coming. Yes.
2: Let's go, <laughs> Ben Affleck,
0: Daredevil. <laughs> oh, let's go. i I listen if if you show me Ben Affleck in a Daredevil costume. I will supremely lose it.
1: (laughs) Him and Charlie Cox arguing against each other Uh, for five seconds and She-Hulk would literally break Twitter. It would literally end the whole thing. And and neither of them can even see that they're arguing
0: with (laughs) themselves. Like, I just, the the idea of, oh man, like I know Charlie, Charlie Cox and a lot of the, this is interesting because a lot of the Netflix people are coming back too. Charlie Cox isn't the only one. So it seems like they're just going to pick and choose what they like from that like they're not they might not incorporate all the stories those might be alternate universe story actually okay so we're just gonna go straight into this the multiverse (laughs) that's my next talking point the multiverse is busted wide open like i personally want to see another universe like i i want like and i feel like we have in the netflix shows and agents of shield and that one uh show about people who aren't human that we don't name (laughs) um and and so like we've seen other universes already even though i don't think when they were made it was intend to intended to be other universes like i don't think jeff Loeb was like we're doing alternate universe daredevil and and defenders i think that it's just going to be the way kevin feige cherry picks the things that worked and leaves out the actors or or storylines that he doesn't want to bring into the mcu but also it's a way to bring back actors, Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like, this is obviously the gateway to how you bring them into Spider-Man No Way Home, right?
2: hmm Yeah, it I- makes sense now in hindsight that we waited this long for the trailer. If, like, we actually needed the multiverse to bust open first before we could actually have the movie really deal with it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, we already have some little seeds already dropped through too because like in Venom and in Mor- Morbius both the trailers for there will be Carnage and Morbius they're reading versions of the freaking Daily Bugle from the Raimi universe mm-hmm. that could be the easiest way to get those things into it would be proper as an alternate though so they're like in a close enough universe to the Sam Raimi movies that we go oh look it's J.K. Simmons, JJ Jonah Jameson and there's freaking Tony McGuire swinging around but it's not exactly the same you know so it allows you to tell those stories without getting everybody back like Brandon saying like mm-hmm. there's a whole bunch of stuff i i wrote something last week where people said that what if looked like that MTV Spider-Man TV <laughs> show that was on and i'm like y'all kid around but like something like that could happen in Spider-Verse 2 you don't know we yeah. we live in the wild west now nothing makes sense anymore Yo, you
0: guys need to see this. Just yeah. now, while we're doing the show, the Spider-Man No Way Home Hot Toys dropped. Oh,
2: I think that was this morning. The black suit?
0: What? I just saw Casually Cosplaying's costume, and I went on Twitter to see it. I was too obsessed with Loki to notice. Look at this. <laughs> First of all...
2: I know. Look
0: at that. Okay. Keep going. Look at that suit. I know. Oh. oh His that is- chest.
2: I know. Yo. It's- and oh. that looks
0: just like the multiverse kind of or like the universe thing that we just saw in loki in the background wow i can't believe that how is this out before the trailer like (laughs) what in the why why come on give us a trailer
1: i don't know what they're waiting for now like you might as well just ship that bad boy out this morning and like, so just to, for the poor social media team for Spider-Man, I, know. I, I feel for them so bad. I used to do a job like that. And you get people tweeting you things like you have the footage. It's like, they're just people who run the Twitter account. Please leave them alone. It's not mm-hmm. their fault. Look is at that. that. Zoom wow. is
0: such a gorgeous looking figure. I, I mean, look, if you were, this is certainly uh, making me come around to the, the new Spider-Man suits. I'm just curious
2: to see that in action. Like we've seen it in so many toys, but like I'm very curious to see how it actually moves. Wow! Uh, Yeah, it looks
0: really good in hot toys form. Well, there goes (laughs) three (laughs) hundred dollars. That thing is gorgeous. That thing is beautiful. I mean, I know a Spider-Man No Way Home trailer exists. I know it's out there. I don't know why it's not released yet. Maybe this was a thing where it was like, hey, let's just let's just hold it till after Loki. Um, But Hopefully, hopefully it comes out soon. Because I, now with To, I don't think we'll see Toby and Andrew in this first trailer. I'd be shocked if that's their if they just don't save that reveal for uh, for later, closer to the movie or just in the movie. But are they variants? Are I mean, they're obviously some sort of variants of Spider Man if they're in the movie, which they are. But so, like, do they? I don't know how to phrase this question. Like their stories. Are we going to get their stories? as they were seen in the movies before this, like Spider-Man one, two and three and the amazing Spider-Man one and two. Or are we going to, you know,
2: I think so because it's like, otherwise that would feel unrewarding of like, Oh, here's Toby playing a slightly different version of the Spider-Man that everybody loves. Like, I feel like people would come around to that, but that's not necessarily what people want. So I think it's just easier for general audiences just to say like, hey, remember those older Spider-Man movies? Those are technically canon now. And so everything you saw in that plays into this.
1: I I hope so. I would love if they got Benedict Cumberbatch. Hey Jenna, can he sing? I think so. <laughs> I think like he just gets up like, welcome to the multiverse. Take a look around. There's all these stories you've seen that can be found. There's an old Spider-Man. <laughs> like, I would love that. And then we just get that out of the way for like three or four minutes and we're going. Every Okay, it's all canon. All the stories you've seen are existing. They, they still matter, you know, or whatever. But this is our Spider-Man because you know it's got to revolve around Tom. Like mm-hmm. I, my own personal theory about all the different suits is so that you can follow Tom during whatever action scenes are going to happen and yeah. differentiate him from Toby and Andrew and Adam Barhar and Matt were like, ooh, interesting. <laughs> but I'm like, it's obviously to sell toys too, but it can serve yeah. two purposes.
0: I will be honest. I, I I do want like just a Tom Holland Spider-Man movie in New York. Mm-hmm. Like when Spider-Man no way home or Spider-Man far from home ended, it just seemed like we were finally about to get like a New York story, New York villains, Peter Parker in the city. Nope. Uh, and we're not getting that, but that doesn't mean I'm not excited for no way home and how big it's going to be. But I would really like to get that story. Eventually. It's just a question of like, how do you, when you're going as big as no way home seems to be going after end game, Like After this multiverse story, how do you reel it in that much and tell a more intimate, smaller scale story and still satisfy? Because clearly, as we see with Loki every week, there's an expectations problem. WandaVision ran into it. Falcon and Winter Soldier ran into it. And Loki had to put Kang the Conqueror in the episode for people, probably myself included, to (laughs) to, to feel like they got what they were promised. And these promises are just made up for the most part. Unless somebody says he's a Luke Skywalker level cameo and...
1: (laughs) <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then it's ralph boner um i i wonder if we're not gonna get him in some sort of big new york city fight until they call back to the battle of new york if there's like a battle Ooh. of new york too and peter has to like take a lot of charge of it because he knows the city better than most of them but okay. i don't i don't want to wait that long either bd I'm wondering what we're going to get. Cause I I understand I'm a little bit softer on Tom. Like I think it's cool. A lot of the staff is like, yo, at some point he needs to be his own hero and not just do other stuff that the adults tell him to do. Mm -hmm. And maybe act three of this will introduce some of that. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I'm thinking maybe it
0: could be a combination of both where we do just pick up in, you know, where's with Peter's identity being revealed. I mean, charlie cox is there maybe he is the lawyer who helps him like and that maybe, like maybe maybe he's i don't know i I like i'm just trying to figure that out how that's all going to work or maybe it's just a multiverse thing and through from the start of the film Mm -hmm. i just i genuinely just want a trailer to
1: to (laughs) form form some sort of anything can i Uh, I ask you two something mm -hmm. Like, do you think we're going to get a lot more background of the universe, like multiverse cracking apart in these other two movies before we get to Spider-Man? Because I feel like it doesn't just go from zero to 100. Right. Or will it?
2: I could almost see Eternals acknowledging it in some capacity, but like, I think it would just be a casual mention. And then we just get back to whatever the story is, because like, since they see everything, it seems like something that they would be aware of. But I feel like if anything, we're going to get that in what if, because it's like the way that they're approaching the watcher and how he like observes everything seems like the way to kind of, clue in a little bit more with where the multiverse is going but yeah outside of that like i don't see shang chi dealing with the multiverse like that doesn't really make sense it feels like it would distract from the story but who knows at this point
0: i think shang chi is going to take place during the blip yeah uh and i think eternals is set like i mean over the past three thousand years ago or whatever it is and and in the present day ish so I don't, I I mean, I like Genesis. I just don't see it going full on multiverse in either of those, but Spider-Man, Dr. Strange, and even Thor four could be super multiverse heavy. I mean, Mm -hmm. JNS Thor, maybe that's a multiverse story. And uh, that's how that comes into play. Uh, All right. What if, you know, I think that maybe, I think, I don't think we need to spend too much time talking about what if just yet August 11th, will be here soon enough, but I do think maybe what if is going to be directly tied to this. It is kind of the animated version of the fallout of Loki. Maybe?
2: Yep. yep. I was surprised because like I haven't I haven't been on since the what if trailer dropped of like how connected a lot of the stories seem to be like there are more characters interacting with each other than I expected of like, oh, here's Dr. Strange and Peggy Carter talking to each other. And like, I feel like there's gonna be more of a narrative across the episodes than I was expecting. I was expecting a very Twilight Zone, like standalone kind of thing. I could still that could still end up being what it is. But like there was more crossover than I was anticipating. So that gives me hope, especially now that the multiverse is cracked open.
0: I, I feel like what the What If trailer really is forming its own alternate universe Avengers. Yeah. Like, I feel like it's going to be uh, T'Challa, Star-Lord, Gamora, Thanos. Uh, who else was in that one shot in, like, the damaged Tokyo? Uh, there, there was Party Thor. Yeah. Um, I think it looked like on the left side it was, like, Killmonger's Panther suit, but I don't know mm-hmm. if Killmonger's in that suit, uh, because Killmonger obviously is on a different path now. It's a bummer that Downey is not voicing uh <laughs> Tony Stark it's so, yeah. it, it's it, so it, weird. Say, it is weird that like I remember the four that I, I think there's more but the four that I know from the report that are not a part of what if the original cast are Robert Downey Jr. Chris Evans Benicio Del Toro and Brie Larson
2: mm-hmm.
0: and like Brie Larson's the one that just really stands out because it's like she's the one with a future in the MCU like why didn't yeah. they get her to do it it's so I that know. one's so weird to me I know but, yeah uh, it's gonna be weird here and other people voice those characters all for all of them, but when you just think about the future of the MCU, it's like, well, I wonder why Bree didn't do this. That's kind of a bummer. But anyway, um, in the opening shot of Loki, in that cr- like when we saw all the universes, there's a spaceship in there. Huh. Like if you look really closely, there's like some sort of ship kind of flying away from the universe. And I'm curious, like maybe that's Kang running out before things get crazy. <laughs> maybe that's like a, an Ant Man ship of sorts. It didn't have like it didn't look like a Pym design at all but it certainly didn't look like guardians of the
1: galaxy or anything i don't know Aaron, what do you think that was did you saw that i i saw this ship and i you know you got freeze frames of it on twitter god bless all y'all trying to you know crack this code online we all work better as a hive mind than we do as individuals um and
3: right. it didn't
1: look i mean i don't have i have uh this book called the wakanda files where it's like a uh, back, you know, sort of history of the MCU and all the technology and stuff, and look like any ship in the Wakanda files. I was confused. I'm like, I don't know what this thing is. I have no <laughs> clue. I'm like, is that the ship that freaking Nat got into? Like, I'm confused. I don't know what's going on. You know, so it's it's very strange. That's not in there for no reason. Yeah, we all know that that's in there for a reason. We just don't know what it is. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, it I'm seeing a lot surprising. of. I'm seeing a lot of people in the comments say it might be the Fantastic Four ship
0: it's obviously the aerospace engineer
2: (laughs) of course obviously i didn't notice it at all honestly because like i woke up did like did not even i held my phone did not look at twitter just like sat down and pressed play on the episode so i was like barely awake when it started so i missed the ship completely like i'm glad that you guys noticed it because i that totally missed my brain
1: yeah what time aaron you watched last night before bed yeah. I, actually, I fell asleep and then woke up and was like, oh, no. I gotta <laughs> I'm going to get up right now. I'm like to get up and like press play immediately. Just sitting there in bed like, oh, that's why Miss Minute's jump scare screwed me up. You know, I'm trying not to wake up the rest of the house. Um, And then I saw the ship and like you can re- rewind a little bit, like 10 seconds or whatever and got it. And I was like, what is... I don't know. Okay, let's just keep watching. Because I, I said, I watched it three times afterwards. I watched two more times after that. And I'm like, I still don't know what this is, but whatever. We- we're just going to yeah. try not... All right,
0: we gotta, we, we have to, we have to wrap up our Loki conversation somewhat soon here because we still have a 30 minute interview with Eric Patterson coming up. Uh, so the last thing, the last couple of things I want to talk about on the Loki finale. And if you guys want to talk more. Like hit us up on Twitter. Our handles are right here on the screen. If you're listening in podcast form and uh, you're running out of time because your morning commute is wrapping up, uh, I'm at Brandon Davis BD. Jenna is at Hey, it's Jenna Lynn, and Aaron is at Summit Lake Hornets. So we can talk more on Twitter, and we can write the articles or make the videos or do surprise podcast bonus episodes if you have specific things you want to talk about. Uh, but really, I just want to talk about is this you know the secret wars you know setup? Is this the secret wars saga? for the next few years like how how long can this go will it be just dr strange and the multiverse of madness being kind of the like is that his how captain america civil war was the civil war of the mcu is dr strange the multiverse of madness the secret wars or does it get bigger down the line do we have like a phase four culmination event or is it like phase six wraps up what do you guys think
2: I think we can get way bigger. Like, I feel like the just introducing Kang and introducing the concept of there are so many different Kangs that can exist and are all going to be screwing up the timeline now. Like, I feel like there's a way to have that sort of multiversal story stretch for another decade if they really need to and Mm -hmm. also like i I do have to say this makes thanos look really lame now like the amount that kang is capable of and the fact that kang is like do you want the infinity stones i can give you the infinity stones like the 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 fact that we spent a decade like being afraid of thanos and then now kang in like one episode is just owning him in so many ways just is insane and it's just so great to see (laughs)
0: You just took the words right out of my mouth. Like in in watching this episode, I sat here and thought like, man, this dude is going to be a bigger, better Thanos than Thanos ever was for Mm -hmm. like in terms of a big, bad villain driving the entire saga. And it's going to be like terrifying how he is seated in. Mm -hmm. Like they can make this last and plug him into Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. And Doctor Strange if they want to, and further beyond, we can see him pop up in forms that he doesn't have to be telling this story of who he is. He can just be infiltrating timelines and ruling timelines, and we, the audience, will be like, like all these kangs are the new infinity stones. Yep. And and they're more powerful because there's so
1: many. That's crazy. The the funniest part about that BD is you're like, Are we going towards secret wars? And my question is, which one? Yeah. Which one? No, it's gotta be the hickness. Like, it's gotta be hit. Yeah. Okay, yes. all right. I was about to say, like there's a bunch of these. That's yes. the problem. I don't know what they're gonna give and take from each one. I hope we mm-hmm. get battle world like Kickman <laughs> style thing. It would be insane. I hope so. Yeah, I, I don't mean, think we'll get like a the...
0: beyonder. Like, I don't think it's gonna be a kind of like that cheesier. Like, I mean, the original Secret Wars is, you know, it's <laughs> It's a great story in itself, but it obviously, like, is admittedly a gimmick to create toys. And it's just <laughs> like, it's like a. I think the the new Secret Wars is the biggest. The only way you can go bigger than Endgame. Yeah. You can bring in Hugh Jackman. You can bring in Downey. You can bring in Evans. You can bring in Halle Berry. You can bring in Ben Affleck. Like you can do literally anything you want. With any actor who has ever played these roles, you can recast every role. You can make John Krasinski Captain America, Mm -hmm. as he almost once was, and then just send them back on their way and just make this epic story that will make sense if you tell it over time. You need time to tell this story. This is a big story. Man, the possibilities here are just endless. I am getting excited. (laughs) I just want to see it all right now. This is about to be such an epic ride going forward. Holy, all these people, Marvel's done. Marvel is nope. done after Endgame. <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> LOL Psych. <laughs> Yo. This shit is crazy. Oh my God. Uh okay. And the okay, so Sylvie and Loki, we have to talk about that. I know everybody wants to hear about everybody has an opinion on Sylvie and Loki. I'll I always put this on you guys to start. So I'll go first here. I think it's kind of weird. Like I think it fits, like, I understand the metaphor of loki falling in love with himself and then it makes a lot of sense that sylvie would betray him in the end there with that kiss and decide to kill Kang and send him packing but it is kind of like okay i get it i get where it's coming from i don't hate it but i also like it just is what it is like i'm like i don't, I don't know
2: that's about where i'm at because it's like when like i know when we were talking about this a couple weeks ago and i was like oh i really hope they don't lean into the like self-sessed aspect of it i feel like we've met so many other loki's at this point that i now don't feel as weird about the idea of the two of them having a connection i like this scene better because sylvie was really just using the kiss to get the tempad and have this ulterior motive and stuff so that made me feel a little less odd about it, but yeah, I definitely agree. Like it, It's a complicated thing in and of itself. I love what it represents, but it still is just kind of a weird, complicated thing.
0: It's a, it's a really good way to both have Sylvie be true to her journey, where she used the kiss as a means to complete her revenge arc, but it also shows that this Loki, who was pulled out of 2012, has really learned about acceptance and other people uh, and himself. So, I don't yeah. know. It's a weird way to go about it, but it Makes sense for this, like it, it metaphorically fulfills the
1: story points. I think, Aaron, um, I I feel like it's a it's a helpful device, and that, I I think what Jenna said is really true. Like you had so many variants running around by episode, was that four or five? That it was like okay, all right, we we can get past some of the weirdness of this because one of them's an alligator.
0: Um <laughs> yeah, like all right, we no, should have been kissing the alligator. Right? <laughs> all
1: right. tell you what, I think it's probably a really good kisser. <laughs> um, I croaky. I just it also gives you a dynamic hook for season two because not only is he gonna have to figure out, well, what just changed, what's going on, what's the status? Why doesn't my best friend remember me anymore, but we also got to go try and get Sylvie. Mm-hmm. And I don't know even if that if she's gonna want him to go find her. So it's interesting. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
0: and we do have to talk about Ravana. Yes, Jenna, what do you what do you think about the Ravana story being I really an origin know. for her? <laughs>
2: I found it really interesting. I'm still holding out that like there's a variant of her that is more comic accurate, where she's a space princess in the 30th century, because it's like, that was the one thing when it's like, oh, she's a high school principal. I was like, I like this, but like obviously the multiverse was already a thing at that point in the episode, so I'm like, okay, the fact that she's she's not only a high school principal, so I hope we do get the kind of space princess origin for her, for a version of her at some point, but I love the fact that she is now going to go hunt Kang. Like I think that's really cool, because it feels like a very truncated version of their dynamic in the comics where she, she finds out that he betrayed her and she just kind of sets off on this path to get revenge on him and it goes on for decades and she becomes Terminatrix and it's such a cool thing so if we get any nuggets of that in season 2 I'm going to be so happy because that is very comic accurate in their own way
0: uh, uh, yeah it, it, maybe Miss Minutes is actually good and that whatever file she gave Ravana was actually to put her on a path to betray Kang yeah Maybe, you know, but uh, we end the show on the new TVA. Mobius has no idea who Loki was. That broke my heart. Especially just for Loki, who who just just (laughs) (laughs) who just realized uh, excuse me, that uh, Mobius was his friend.
2: (laughs) Who little been crying Uh, in that scene really got to me. Like, when he's talking about Kang and he's, like, almost on the verge of tears, I was just like, good lord. Like, that was just such a good performance.
0: Oh man, um, it uh, yeah. I'm just reading the you're comments still, and they are broken. they <laughs> are calling me out as they should be. Listen, we don't have what, whatever it happens. Um, <laughs> Statue of Mortis, at the end. I mean, listen, it's set up for season two. Mm-hmm. I feel like this is a good way to wrap up our Loki conversation. Uh, show was brilliant, start to finish. Some episodes were i mean there just wasn't an actually bad episode some were better than others but none were bad it was just a hell of a ride six weeks of fun uh and i really i'm happy with the show i'm sad to see it go but we're you know we're on to what if we're on to hawkeye miss marvel eternal Shang chi spider-man no way home Mm -hmm. what a time
2: that's also, all still I, this year. I know. It's so crazy. I will just say though, I do have a theory and I want to put this out in the world before season two is even a thing. I still think I'm like maybe the earth that Loki or the the part of the timeline that Loki is in is the earth where the Squadron Supreme are in charge. Because that seems like something that there's still that theory. And I still want to believe that that theory is true. And I feel like if there's a way to bring them in, if you just say like, here's what's different about the universe. Mobius doesn't know who Loki is. He probably hates jet skis and the squadron Supreme are in charge instead of the Avengers. Like that feels like such a cool way to start season two. So that's my hope.
0: Actually, your your uh, Squadron Supreme theories got me to buy a couple of Squadron Supreme books. I have here. I brought them awesome. on my flights, and I'm going to get myself ready for season two just in case they come in. Uh, we're, this is the end of the three of us on the show because right now it is about to be a li- not live—a a, a <laughs> live broadcast of our pre-taped interview with Black Widow writer Eric Pearson. Jenna and I got to sit down with Eric and take a really deep dive into Black Widow. So full spoilers for Black Widow are following. I promise. I, I'm really proud of this interview. I think you guys are going to learn something. You're going to get answers to a lot of the questions you've had. We're going to address some of the things that you really want addressed. I, I assure you, we weren't really shy about some of that stuff. So uh, I hope you enjoy that. Aaron, anything you want to say here on our last
1: Loki episode? Oh, man, what a ride. I mean, I, I'm I'm amped up for the rest of the year because I didn't even realize until you said I'm like, oh, yes, I am. This Marvel. We don't even know when they're coming out. They could just mm-hmm. be like, oh, August. See y'all then. Who knows? So. <laughs> I'll stand right. up. I saw you, Auntie, in the in the comment section. Shout out. And I am just amps. I'm am excited to see what comes next because we actually have a little bit of a, a framework now. That's right. That's right. Jenna,
0: anything you want to say for the end of our live portion of the show?
2: This has been just so amazing. I am so excited for Loki season two. And I'm so excited for everyone to see this Black Widow interview. Like you said, I'm super proud of it. Like, I think there's a lot in it that fans are really, really going to love. So I hope that they enjoy it.
0: I totally agree with you. And I want to just wrap this up by by thanking both of you and Jamie, who's not here today, uh, and Richard, who is behind the camera here, pushing all the buttons. I saw uh, he likes to do a little guitar session jam sometimes when we have our countdown going. So I want to give him a shout out for that. He's done a great job. Uh, And I mean, all of our listeners, like you guys make this so much fun. Like we chopping this show up with you guys for six weeks is an absolute blast. Thank you for doing this with us it's not the end of the show. The show still goes on, but every time one of these chapters comes to a close, it's fun to look back on all the times we were wrong with our theories and all the times you guys played along and we had fun with it. So, uh, thank you everybody for supporting phase zero. Please follow the Twitch channel and, uh, enjoy our interview. 30 minutes with black widow writer, Eric Pearson. Uh, please leave your feedback in the comments, send us your clips on Twitter, your thoughts on Twitter and Instagram and everything. And, uh, share our show with your friends because we have some really big stuff and we're getting some of you guys involved moving forward and it's going to be fun. Uh, We're going to take a quick break and then we're cutting straight to the interview. We'll be back live next week. Hopefully with Loki director, Kate Heron, BD out of here, Jenna out of here, Aaron out of here. to phase zero bd here with my co-host jenna anderson and right now we have a very special guest who's diving in to black widow with us the writer the man behind the curtain eric paris and eric thank you for joining us on phase zero thank you so much for having me first of all congratulations on black widow being a very big success so far uh and i mean uh, I, I love you. the
3: movie yeah. thank you thank you so much.
0: So uh, listen, we're gonna chop this up because we have a lot of questions. You've also written Thor Ragnarok. You've worked on a lot of the one-shots. You also uh, have, have, you know, dabbled, I think, with Infinity War and Endgame. So you're a Marvel vet.
3: Oh, I was like writing support in that. So, sure, uh,
0: okay, so uh, but how, does it, how does it feel I, to finally- I got some
3: have... stuff in there that I'm really proud of, I have to say.
0: Oh, well, I, I wanna hear about that in a second, but how does it feel to uh, finally have Black Widow out in the world
3: after this long? Surreal. It's, I mean, it's, it, it, it's just been so long. Like I, to to get, I'm always nervous sharing work. Nothing is ever, uh, uh, complete. Nothing ever feels totally correct to me. So it's already nerve wracking to, to, to share work. Uh, so then when you're starting to gear yourself up to share work and then the world shuts down for 17 months or whatever it's been now, and you forget that you made a movie and you forget when you made a movie. <laughs> like it's, it's just, it's very, it's very strange. But I've now been back to the movies two times. I, I went to see Quiet Place 2 on my own first and then saw Black Widow at our fan event. And I'm just so excited. I'm, I'm so happy that movies are back. And if anything, I'm really hoping that this movie brings people together again. In safe, vaccinated, safe people, people who are being safe. Fully agree I with you on that. that. Yeah.
2: That's amazing. Um, so, as we established, you have worked on so many other Marvel projects. How would you say the the work on Ragnarok and Infinity War and Endgame kind of influenced your work on Black Widow? Like, was there anything that kind of you you took with you to this project?
3: If anything, probably just the, the comfort uh, of knowing that I could kind of do this work. Because the Natasha Romanoff story is so different than a, a Thor Odinson or an Avengers story. Like uh, Ragnarok probably is the farthest on the other side of the spectrum, actually, of a of of a black widow movie, as far as where it takes place and how many galaxies it spans and how many uh, orgy spaceships it has, and uh, so it was more just that okay, this is I, I've I've kind of been in the trenches now. I know this is going to be very intense. Uh, it's, it's also a a very tricky kind of puzzle with, with where we know the main character is going to go, uh, just don't get overwhelmed and kind of know that, that all you can do is your, your best ideas and your best work of that day.
0: Yeah. Uh, I gotta ask, are you the one who cut my boy Nova from that Infinity War opening? (laughs) Was that a thing? Marcus and (laughs) McFeely told me once upon a time that they had a version of Infinity War that instead of Hulk... Crashing into Earth, it was Nova, because if you remember, Avengers vs. X-Men had that kind of start where Sam Alexander came in. And since Xandar was destroyed. No,
3: I know that must have been either before or discussed after. No, I never I never heard of the Nova uh, version. You're off the hook. (laughs) <laughs> well, I'm, just, I'm, I'm just annoyed that I'm just like oh wow look at this <laughs> you know I was there for six months in pre-production <laughs> I don't know how's that? Happen? What, what,
0: was the, what was the scene you were talking about that you added in there?
3: Uh, oh the, the, the thing of is uh, ta- traveling time through Ant-Man's body uh, somebody peed <laughs> my pants. <laughs> somebody, that was you know, Joe and Joe and Anthony Russo have a, a, a brutal system of pages where we'll just get around a table and, and everyone has to read. And we're not actors, you know, like Joe's an actor. He has some skill. but like everyone else here who's like, we're just cold reading these things. And it's so it it, it kills my heart sometimes because it's so stressful to have that happen. That was the one thing when I, I we were working through. A, a pass that I'd done in the draft. I had the whole thing of we need a time travel goes wrong scene, uh, and I and I wrote that and Joe couldn't get through it without laughing. And I was like, yes, I got. I think I got one. I got one in for sure. And to somebody all the way to somebody peed my pants. I don't know if it was baby me or old me. And then Rudd acts <laughs> in. If uh, if you need
0: somebody to fill in for you on the next table read, I got you. Okay.
3: <laughs> you got yeah. You got you've got range I won't tell for all characters. What I hear okay or what I say. <laughs>
1: You know what? If I have that power, I'll share
2: it. So um, one of the aspects of the movie that I love the most is the dynamic between Natasha and Yelena. I think it shines so much throughout the movie, but especially in that gas station sequence. I think the, the dynamic between the two of them is just so beautiful. What kind of influenced that big big sister, little sister relationship and how you brought that to life in the script?
3: Uh, i don't know really where the influence came from because i'm an only child i don't have i don't have any brothers or sisters i guess probably just from you know all just just life for me it was also we're trying to approach this movie from a very natasha centric position we wanted to this this to be her movie her story her a study of who she is and where she came from and and why she is the person she is today uh and in investigating that you, you realize that natasha is a pretty closed off kind of person who, who by resetting her life after defecting from the Red Room has really made the, you know, uh, let the world get to know her on her terms. So in thinking of this as Natasha's story, her emotional journey, it's like, well, we've got to knock down those walls. Who's the best person or people for that? People, It's gotta be people from before her life, who knew her in a way that she's trying to forget, who can affect her in a way that she doesn't want them to uh and and it just made sense immediately from the Yelena Belova character to be and it also works for Yelena's character and Florence's character of just you know she's badgering her and she's being really funny but in all of those I believe she's reaching out and being like why didn't you bring me to hang out like it's all coming from a kind of emotional place of like I I liked hanging out with you why didn't you like hanging out with me it's it's one of those great kind of Couple of scenes that does more than one thing. It it gets laughs, but it also kind of you you see, you know how these people feel about each other on a on a larger level. Yeah,
0: that dynamic was they they the chemistry between the actresses too was so good.
3: Yeah, that's the other thing. I mean, I I uh, I can't sit here and just c- claim that I I uh, invented this this total magic. The fact that Scarlett Johansson and Florence Pugh are there and they get it and and once they're there with each other, their energy is so fun. Like they really you know loved each other they they were having a lot of fun even when they were you know the amount even when they're shooting that big fight the amount of times that that they would call cut and they would just burst into laughter and be having so like they were just having so much fun together it, it really you know it it it's shown from within
0: yeah. uh Red Guardian was a great addition to the MCU. David Arbor, speaking of great performances, embodied that role so well. Alexi's an idiot. Like, he's, he's, so <laughs> I mean, yeah. he's such an idiot. Like, he's almost delusional, I think, because of these Captain America stories, first of all. But I'm ins- I-, I can't wait to see if those are going anywhere. But he also, like, he seems redeemable, maybe, because the movie starts with him doing something really terrible by handing these two girls, o- these two little girls over to the Red Room. But it ends with him, you know, Showing a human side How do you tiptoe that line Of making a character Who can do something so bad But also has Like a redemptive quality And, and side to him
3: Well Again it helps to have David Harper Because he can do uh, Naughty things And still make you Kind of laugh He can do it in a way That's very charming And and I mean It's funny Alexi on the surface He is an idiot He's also, But I think more accurately He's a narcissist And he bet on the wrong horse You know Like he I, I love the humor, as, as far as like stories you can only tell in Marvel, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You've got this, uh, you pre-established is, is the the amazing fairy tale of Steve Rogers, a scrawny guy who's just got such a big heart. All he wants to do is fight in the war so he can fight the bad guys and he gets it. So then meanwhile, I'm just thinking like, okay, well there's, and I'm sure they were thinking as well in the, in the comics, like there's gotta be an arms race, you know, uh, Super Soldier Serum's an arms race just so happens that the Soviet Union gives it to a very self-assured kind of narcissistic guy who wants all the glory. And then I loved loved just turning, the the irony of it that this guy who wants to talk about, wants to be a hero, wants to be great, he has to go undercover and pretend he's not strong. So like he's, I I, I loved, there's a kind of, you understand why he wants recognition. He was supposed to, he, he was sold a dream. And even though he's a narcissist, I don't know. I've got friends that are narcissists, <laughs> and I think that ultimately, what I think, what I think, one of the big kind of moments that's very that, that gets you there uh, is is when he when he pulls them together and says, "Everything worked out for you, and and you, you know you went on to topple regimes and, and ruin empires. You killed more people than ever. I'm so, and you really believe he's so proud of them." So you know that he's a good guy. He's you maybe right, he is just an idiot. He just picked the wrong lane and doesn't really and he can't see how much of a dope he is. Um, but I mean he also does the the key, I don't know. I always try and find the 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 emotional moment and then kind of ruin it. So what we what we also did was when he realized that he couldn't save them or he thought he couldn't save them in the third act, he's there and he starts this big heartfelt confession to to Natasha who's actually Rachel Weiss, Molina. So he's bearing his soul. So you see that he's trying to like, he's trying to do better. And then, Oh wait, it's not her. And then he tries to talk to Natasha again. Wait, he doesn't have an earpiece. He's just trying, he's seeing like, you want to have his redemptive arc, but it's almost more fun to never let him get all the way there. Cause I almost feel like the biggest moment of growth for him is at the very end when he doesn't talk, he chooses to, when she's like, do you got something to say? And he says, I, I just screwed up. You know, like, I think, you know, how I feel now and him not talking about himself and how he feels about her and how he wants her to feel about him is almost a bigger gift.
0: Yeah. That's a good point. That's a really good point. Uh, and th- okay. So this next question is me just kind of trying to be a fly on the wall for, for you developing kind of Easter eggs and stuff and hearing about that, because it's not a coincidence that, Yelena refers to him as Crimson Dynamo, uh, and he, he arm wrestles a guy in prison named Ursa and then calls him the Big Bear. So, I mean, I would, yeah, I would, I, I would love to know, like, are those like significant? Are the like, how do those come into play? Because they're obviously Winter Guard references, but we don't we don't know
3: if there's a Winter Guard yet. We just do them as uh, like Crimson Dynamo. I literally just threw in there as like it, it, it felt like the right thing. Cause, cause Yelena, uh, Yelena shit talks her family in a, in a, a snarky kind of way. It felt, it felt on character for her, the same way that she says, Oh, if, if, if Dracoff killed you to Natasha, said, if Dracoff killed you, one of the, uh, one of the big ones would come get you. What do you mean? The big ones implying that she's not a big Avenger, that she's not a, 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 God from space or a rage monster. Like that's just needling. So when she's pissed at Alexi, she's gonna needle him and call him by the wrong name intentionally. Uh, and so I just for some reason Crimson Dynamo was in my head. I knew it, I remembered it from a child a childhood. I didn't I didn't read any comics or do any research. I just threw it in there as dialogue it was like, well, if someone has a problem with it at Marvel, they're gonna let me know. And then everybody read it, no one had a problem, and then that draft just remained, remained, no one had a problem. I was like, okay. There we go. Like that one just just made it through. Sometimes uh, Marvel will, will come to you of like, oh, we've got this thing. Uh, here's a way to sneak this in. Um, and, and it's you know not a mandate, but a suggestion that's 99 percent of the time. Correct. Like you should just do it. It's a free win. Um, but no, it was like and also I, I think that's that's some of the kind of brilliance is that they're planting all these seeds, but they're not. You, you know they're not watching i'm going to mix some mix some, some metaphors here they're planting seeds but they're not watching pots waiting for them to boil they plant the seeds and then if they're organically doing something else they're like oh wait would having russian bear be helpful for uh, a, a streaming series two years from now or would you know the the reveal that the crimson dynamo has been out there and and wherever would that be helpful and in uh, Avengers 8, like, you know, it's there. It's there if you need it. And it's, I think you're in, as long as you're not actively disrupting something else that someone else is doing on it's somewhere else in the universe, uh, it's just you're, you're, I feel like you get rewarded for adding to the playground. <laughs> yeah, it seems, it seems that way often. No.
2: amazing. Um, so the approach to Dreykov in the movie is just so powerful and so interesting. I love the fact that he is just a genuinely misogynistic just evil person and that there is not necessarily room for redemption as the film goes on. Um, what was the research Power process? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so speaking to that aspect, what was it that you wanted to represent with his position and how was that research process kind of like? Because I know myself and other women that I've talked to who have seen the movie are just so blown away by the way that the movie handles misogyny and the way that the, the power structure that women have to deal with is just kind of turned into the script for this movie.
3: Well, it, it was part, a lot of discussion. We I talked a lot with uh, Kate Shortland and Scarlett and Kevin and Brian uh, about what our intentions were with themes and all that. Uh, and, and Kate and Scarlett, especially very, very like wanted this to be, a clear message against you know against misogyny against oppression against controlling women's bodies uh and all but also by just sheer logistics of the script that we don't get to the script kind of had a a, or the storyline had a bit of a getting the band back together vibe to it so just by that and all and also by the nature that that drakoff is this secret enemy in the shadows Uh, he can't really be on the field. Like he, he has to be hidden. So we don't really get to see him until, until the third act besides a few kind of check-ins. Um, so because we had limited time, it was like, all right, we got to go pedal to the metal with this guy. Uh, he's a piece of shit right out the, right out the gate. He, he is, uh, he's, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's a coward, cowardly man with who has accumulated a lot of kind of superficial power but is basically isolated in the dark, telling himself what a big man he is. Uh, the hard one of the harder parts is that that we have that sort of classic Natasha Romanoff four-dimensional chess reverse interrogation going and shooting. That was hard because I, or at least I, 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 it was hard for other people and it made me remind them. They're like, we're going too rough. Like we're hurting her too much. He's just kind of. And I was like, remember, she's in control here. Like, remember the whole point of this thing is that she's working him and we have to remember that. It, it was just hard to watch. It, it was, it was hard to just remember like, okay, yeah, yeah. This is Natasha's in control. It's her plan. She can take the punch. She can, she can break her nose. That was like the, really the ultimate comic book moment that I wanted, which is from, it's not Drake off in the comics, but a different guy has the pheromone lock on her. And, and I remembered it from 10 years ago that there's just a frame of her looking up with the blood in her teeth after having broken her nose. I can't smell you anymore. Uh, I, I just, I, that was one of my kind of hills to die on. I was like, we got to get this in. She's never looked cooler in the comics than when, when she's turning the, it was, it also felt like one of those great kind of like professional wrestling, the fights turning moments, like, Oh my God, Hulk Hogan's hulking up again, or like, wait, they've got, they were playing possum all along. It just felt like a really fun moment to, Hopefully, the audience is very uncomfortable <laughs> with with how terrible this guy has been, and you've you've gotten a sense of like Jesus, like this like this guy has got to go. And then you're then you you want to kind of charge, like get him, like we, that's that's the turn we really wanted yeah. there. It, it, she was so. I went a little off off your question. Oh, but no, that, that was that
0: that perfect. Was a, that was a great answer, okay. uh, and it just made Natasha look so tough as nails. Like it was great how she was totally in control. Um, I the the taskmaster reveal. It fulfills, you know, the the Draykov's daughter mystery. The the uh, one of the big questions about two of the big questions about Natasha's past, both Budapest and Drakov's yeah. daughter. There's a simple.
3: Now, are you? What's that? Are you saying Budapest now? I'm, are you? Listen, I've learned I, my lesson. I've been there, and when <laughs> I was there, I said Budapest, and now. I'm never saying that again. I'm, I only say Budapest. I don't feel <laughs> European enough to say it, the, say it that other way. But there was, as you can tell from the movie, there was a lot of conversation on that set. There I is. I do Budapest.
0: feel like if I go up to my friends and I'm just like, it's Budapest, they're going to be like, what are you, some like uppity traveler? Like, you're just another American like the rest of us. Come on. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> but uh, listen, all right,
1: sorry <laughs> to interrupt. You, you were saying. That.
0: <laughs> but uh, It's Budapest for me from now on. But so the, 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 the reveal is that, taskmaster is not the tony masters character from comics but antonia drakov and there's a similar reveal like that in the mcu in, in iron man 3 like a, a similar type of twist from the comics where the mandarin is an actor it's not the mandarin mm-hmm. from comics that i remember when iron man 3 came out some people loved it some people had like there was backlash from fans and some critics who were comic purists and the taskmaster conversation a lot of people i haven't really seen that yet it's only been a day but i haven't really seen people have an issue but i would love to hear like
3: did you have like, I, will say, I got one. I just got, I, I made the mistake of looking in, in direct message requests and someone said, uh, I don't mean to be out of line, but that's was the biggest betrayal of my life. And I was just like, I, I got mad for a second. And then I was like, well, you've had a pretty good life. Yeah. Ben. Yeah. yeah you're, no kidding. the worst thing that's ever happened to you. Then you should be psyched. Yeah. Like you know, someone in a movie wasn't who you wanted them to be. Well,
0: so, so, but, so did like, the, the the Mandarin one was such a had such a strong reaction apparently that there was a one shot to remedy it and now we're getting a Mandarin or a new version of the Mandarin with ten rings in the in Shang Chi. Did you guys have a conversation about making that change or was there ever like a comparison or a thought about those two like ever being an issue?
3: Well, there was. Uh... No, I mean, it was more of discussion of how do we make... Because Taskmaster was going to be involved and there was versions before I came that was Tony Masters and, and it felt... I kept thinking, I was like, can this guy somehow not just be a goon? Like, I don't want... like Because off in the Red Room is, is the thing that's tied into Natasha personally in her past, of giant nefarious, that as we learned, the spy uh, station that is, that is circling the globe in the atmosphere. So why is there this guy like why would this guy be uh, uh, an arm of them that's what i kept trying to be like what is I, I trust me i looked very very far for like how do we get this tony masters guy to believably be an agent of the red room uh and then it it, it just kind of leaned more towards other things were were making sense other parts of the puzzle were, were adding up oh they stole from ohio uh the the cellular blueprint of the basal ganglia the way to deconstruct free will okay they've got the ability to to build rebuild the mind oh drakov's daughter she used him uh natasha used her as bait blew her up well what if she didn't survive and this guy who has you know uh, a lot of brain science like is that a good way to find these photographic reflexes it just seemed to make more sense and we kind of, I mean, that's the good thing is they really, at Marvel, they kind of treat you f- for your story. Like, is this working for your story? Uh, and everyone kind of felt like it was. So so we went with it. It felt like it made it more personal. And uh, I mean, I hope that fans, like I know that some won't, but it's also... Again, like I, I, don't, I don't think they did that one shot to correct it. I think they just did that run one shot for the Mandarin uh, for fun. But like, who knows? Maybe like now there now apparently there's the Ten Rings after all in Shang-Chi. Uh I don't know. For the it's,
0: record, people, I, I thought yeah. I thought it was fine. For the I, I was cool. I was cool with it. I was like, that's a nice twist on Natasha's life. I thought it was a cool, fulfilling plot point.
3: Yeah, I mean, I I just. Uh, some people, I don't know. I think some people are, want to be angry no matter what. And, uh, I just want to try and tell a story that makes emotional yeah, sense. That's fair. So that's fair. sometimes we both yeah. can't have our thing. <laughs> sometimes we both, we both can't get what we want. And, uh, I'm very sorry. They don't get what they want, but I I, I, did I think you did pretty I, I, think did I pretty agree. <laughs>
2: yeah, completely. <laughs> um, so there were rumors before the movie came out for a long while that we were going to see Tony Stark in some capacity, either in a scene that was like following the events of Civil War, or that was a deleted scene. Was that ever part of the discussion, or it, either way, do you know why those rumors kind of started?
3: You know what? I I feel bad to the person who asked me this the other day, and because I said there's no like there's no there was never any discussion but i do remember now that one version of the script prior to me literally had written into it uh the end moment of of civil war with tony and natasha of like i'm not the one who has to watch but it was it was old footage it would have been hey uh audience remember where we are we're gonna key off this moment of her so it wouldn't have been uh robert down at least To the best of my knowledge, that's the only time I ever saw Tony Stark's name in was just kind of uh, a a flag planted reminder of like, hey, we're right at the end of Civil War. Um, But yeah, no, I remember when those uh, when those rumors came out. I was in London, and you know, in our our war room office, and I was like, I just looked around. I was like, we? Am I supposed to be like? I have the script right here. Like, Tony Stark's not in it. Like, everyone's like, no. Did you see anything? No, we didn't. I don't know where it came from. Besides, unless somebody got a very old version where this kind of scene, which wasn't even a new scene. Uh, I don't know. I don't know where it came that from. That
0: must happen on sets all the time because there's mm-hmm. so much stuff that comes out. Sometimes it's true. Sometimes it's not. Uh, but that, yeah. that's, pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yeah, that's well, it's pretty also like
3: there also might be, I don't know how people would find it, but there's like, there's a lot of material written sometimes, you know, like I, I had a, a, a Captain Marvel screenplay that I wrote, in the Marvel Writers Program, that is one hundred percent different than the version that you know uh, that, that came out. But I remember a few years ago, I found like a box of stuff, and I and there was a couple of drafts of that, and I was like, oh, I probably got to shred these, or like, is it okay? And then I was thinking, what if someone found this and you know, there's just a lot of stuff out there. Sometimes people might find the the exact right page that didn't get shredded or fell out of a I don't know.
0: I'll tell you right now, we that. fully that's fully that fully would be on our website. Like mm-hmm. Thanos was in a version of Captain Marvel script. I promise you we were writing that story if we find that
3: page. Yeah. <laughs> there Absolutely. was no yeah, there was no Thanos. There was no <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to think of who the villain was. I mean it was Supreme Intelligence in some sort, but right. it was completely 100% (laughs) so
2: going off of that and kind of the larger MCU um, this movie is full of so many interesting kind of references to other films that you weren't necessarily involved in of like the callbacks Winter Soldier with the face changing technology how deeply did you study the other MCU movies to kind of pull in all those references
3: embarrassingly not very much at all because I've just seen them a lot (laughs) like I don't I kind of don't need to and that's like how my brain works like i'll forget someone who i've met five times but i can remember oh yeah that's what uh uh, you know that's what bucky said to cap at that point point or that's what uh lord baelish said to sansa stark in that episode my brain just like holds uh, content more than it holds human interactions (laughs) so so i don't know i was like pretty good at at remembering uh you know, what, like, what, what had happened, what was going on. And if i if ever, I was unsure. I was always, they were, you know, this was pre Disney plus too. So I, they were always pretty good at getting me uh, this movie to check out. So I could, I could confirm whether or not I was right or wrong. And now I, I
0: want to ask about Mason O.T. Fag Benley's character this Dude's connected, <laughs> man. How much of uh how much of a story did you flesh out to make sure he fits in and like, or or have you like done any of that? And, and is that,
3: yeah. OT and I had a long talk about his backstory, which was like, not even so much. Like we were just kind of like writing the Mason backstory in, in our, in our, in our heads, just kind of like at a pub probably, or it was over the phone, but we was just talking of like, this is how I imagine uh, them having met and why, you know, he's kind of in her debts and uh, whatever kind of chemistry, how much has been actuated or not. Ultimately like his his character served the greatest purpose, not only just logistically as someone who can get her anything when she kind of, when she needs it in a tough point. But uh, I think that moment of him was really important when she walks into the, the, the bedroom and he's so calm, he's just asleep and there's something you're like, I I would think as someone who's seen Natasha Romanoff in eight movies, like, wait a minute, I know her. I don't know this guy. Who's this guy? Like, how is she so comfortable with this guy? It was kind of setting the audience up to, oh, you really don't know everything about her. She's got people that Cap doesn't know. She's got entire stories that, and, and, but yeah, I had a, I had a lot of, I probably have documents of it there and I would, and I would love to see just the, you know, the, the, how they met kind of story. But I'm a sucker. I'd see all those stories, you know. I, I I really like the. I also just like the idea of the fixer. I always found like the in in movies or in books or anything, the person who like mysteriously is the the is mysteriously anywhere and has the the, the two different phones with everyone's number in it to get stuff. Like it's just trades and favors. I always like that character. So we got two last questions here for you. Uh, Jenna's got
2: one first. So you mentioned that you would love to see just like so many other stories with Natasha's, with Natasha's arc. Do you think that this is the end of the road for her solo stories? Or do you think that there's more that can be explored?
3: I mean, I would have to, I, I know that there always can be more to be explored. I mean, there's, there's plenty of comics and there's, you know, so many different ideas that can, that can be done. And, and, But I really, I do kind of think this is the end of the line. We talked about this as the, the, the farewell story. We, you know, that that's how Scarlett, Kate, Kevin, and I, Brian discussed it. They they kept, or they kept saying over and over again, this is our farewell. So I kind of, I I feel like I do think it is the end of the line and then, you know, watch me be proven wrong in like a (laughs) month. I don't don't know anything for sure, but the way we talked about the way we approached this movie and, and, all the way up to locking it in post was like, this is this is goodbye. So and my last thing, one of the the things we we talk about a
0: a lot of a lot of the fans talk about is the fact that Natasha never really got a funeral in Endgame as she fell off Vormir and then we moved so quickly back into the battle. She made that sacrifice and then Tony got a whole funeral. And in this movie, the post credit scene, we see a really touching sequence of a gravestone and I don't know if you guys like flesh this out. But like, did somebody go get her off of Vormir? Like, is she, like, please, I, I hope they
3: didn't leave her there. <laughs> I don't, I mean, listen, I don't know. I don't know what happens to your body once you are the one who gets sacrificed or sacrifices yourself on. That's some kind of high mystical yeah. you know, stuff going on I, there. Uh, I don't, uh, to answer you, I don't think anybody went and, uh, and grabbed the corpse. <laughs> I don't think so. What I, how we saw it is, and I, and I imagine in my mind, uh, kind of monuments and memorials to Natasha Romanov around the world. I think that her story came out in the kind of fi- after the final battle, and was like, hey, by the way, everyone, this this pretty, you know, so everyone kind of did their own tribute. This one I felt was this was an erected uh, a tombstone erected in. Ohio, where, where they were last had, that was done by Yelena, that was done by the family, as like, uh, this is this is where we would lay her to rest, um, as a, just, you know, a, a private thing for them, which I thought was really touching, and then, of course, I, I wanted to make it obnoxious and funny with the arrival of Julie Louis-Dreyfus blowing her nose and being, because we don't say, we don't exactly say Ohio, we do say that she's allergic to the Midwest, and that was kind of the that was our yeah. tip to it, um, but yeah. I also, I mean, I'm sure that I, there has to be, in, or at least in my in, in in my brain's version of the MCU, there are statues and plaques and stuff to Natasha Romanoff uh, around the world, scholarships, everything. Yeah,
0: well, I love, I love that. I, it was really like just seeing her tombstone made me emotional, and then seeing Yelena there, whistling, like it was, it was, it felt like the closure we needed uh, as Natasha fans. So thank you for that. Uh, now tell us what happens in Dr. Strange and the multiverse of madness and who, I don't know. what team Val is assembling and everything that's coming up know. next, please.
3: I don't know. I actually don't know. I just, uh, I, I was talking to my, my producer, Brian Chevik the other day and was like, I really don't know for the first time in a while. I, I really kind of don't know what's going on. And, and I was like, and I, I we were, we we're arranging a time where I'm forcing him to to sit me down at some point and give me kind of some of the major points. Because, you know, since I was one of the first ones to get to see the Endgame and Infinity War scripts, I felt as cool and in the know as you possibly could. That's a lot of and, pressure. And yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, you just walk a little taller. You kind of you feel just better. Uh, and, and you just knowing that it's just, it's a, it's a lot, of, it's just a great feeling. And now I have and You none feel that, that
0: little implant in your head. Buzzing as as you yeah. start, think about yeah. sharing I a little. too. Good. They
3: just, they just remind you that they're there. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I would love to, I would love to be able to share it all, but I actually don't know.
0: <laughs> well, listen, you, you, you've, you've put out two bangers already. We, I'm a big
3: fan of your work and it's been an absolute pleasure to talk with you, man. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for the time. Thank you, Brandon, Jenna. It was Nice to talk to you guys. I love people who, you know, pay that close attention. <laughs> That's what my brain remembers too. We, we appreciate
0: you paying attention to the details the way you do as well. It, it's a, it's, we're all part, I think we're part of the like the extended Marvel family. We're, we're certainly not immediate family, but we'll be the step cousins who, uh, who are the MCU customer
3: support. Absolutely. Hey, everyone, welcome at the barbecue.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, thank you. I'll let you go, man. Thank you so much for the time and, uh, we'll talk to you soon.